When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on DKPittsburghSports.com and our podcasting platform. You can find that platform on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere podcasts are hosted. You can follow me, Chris Carter, on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. We're going to talk about your Pitt Panthers on a Sunday. It's not Mother's Day anymore. That was last weekend, but it's May. The weather's nice. It's nice out. It was pretty quiet on the pit news front. So I'm not going to hit you with guys with updates as much as, you know, Jordan Addison's still talking to everybody. He's, you know, he's, he's visited Texas. He's visited USC. I told y'all that Brennan Marion being at Texas was probably going to be a factor at some point because it's just natural to think that he might talk to his former wide receiver coach. But I'm not going to get into all that. Who cares? We, if Jordan Addison comes back to, to pit, we'll talk about that when it's time to talk about that. What I think is important, though, is one of the words that I just used there in saying we, because I want to talk about the Pat Narduzzi mantra that is sticking with Pitt, and I think one of the biggest things that's helping them win, not just on the field in games, but off the field in ways that help these guys grow as people, as teammates, and, well, as as student-athletes. And it's the it's the it's the phrase we not me. Now that sounds you know basic and corny and you know something that you've probably heard you'd think you'd hear from a middle school coach, right? But it's a simple concept that if you're a Pitt fan, you know you've heard that thing because you know you've heard Pat Narduzzi say it after a pre- after a press conference. You've heard players say it. It is something that's literally literally painted on the grounds at the practice facility. If you walk out of the out of the pit locker room or the, or the training facility onto the practice field. It is something that's ingrained into all of the players, the coaches, the staff, everybody's minds there. And if, as reporters, it's something that we hear way too much, or I guess not enough. One, either one, you get my point. Also, excuse me if I'm uh, a little short-winded on some of my statements. I'm dealing, I'm fighting COVID right now. It's not hasn't been the best, but we're getting through it. But I wanted to focus on this part of it because I truly think that that this is. This it steps into why I've talked so much about the positive culture that Pat Narduzzi has has brought with Pitt football and why you've seen such an uptick in things. And again, it's not just on the field with recent results of winning the ACC championship or getting to the Peach Bowl or anything like that. It's about the dynamics off the field, about how much the, these guys believe in each other, root for each other, feel for each other. Perfect example. You're watching, if you're if you're a Steelers fan, you're probably watching as much as you can to get as much updates on rookie camp and Kenny Pickett and all the other things. And if you're a Pitt and a Steelers fan, you're losing your mind right now because you're like, I get to watch more Kenny Pickett? Let's go! You're probably really excited right now. 
And if you did, you probably saw the video of Kenny Pickett coming off the escort bus or minivan or whatever you wanted to call that thing that he got off of, arriving to the Steelers' facility officially as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And when he arrived, who was there waiting for him but pretty much the entire Pitt football roster there to hug him, cheer him on, and greet him as he returns to the UPMC Runic Sports Complex as a Pitt Panther alum and a new Pittsburgh Steeler. And if you saw the joy, the the true respect there, you got a sense of why everyone always loved Kenny at Pitt and why he was such a leader and why they were willing to follow that man into battle at any point in time. And Pat Narduzzi called him a warrior that he would take into battle anytime back in 2020 when he was still throwing 13 touchdowns and nine interceptions a season. Yeah. What am I saying? No West Virginia fan probably listen to this. So they're not going to hear this joke, but make sure you tell so, tell one of them something. I do it all the time. The West Euler, my friend Adam Crowley. I like to mess with those guys. But my point being, Kenny, Kenny is, I, I think, maybe one of the brightest examples of what we, not me, can produce if a player buys into it every day, lives with it, leads with it, well, first follows it, lives with it, then leads with it, and then takes it to the next level. And we got to see him take it to the next level. I, I think that Kenny's going to be a fine fit for the Pittsburgh Steelers, both as a player and a leader. And I think he can really, I think he, he could be a real boost to that locker room culture. And I think Mike, that's one of the reasons Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert were so excited about him on top of his ability to play. But it's not just Kenny. You've heard me talk about this a lot. You go to Hobble Baldonado and the edge rushers, John Morgan. I, you know, a few weeks ago, I read you the John Morgan quote when he was talking about how, about, you know, he, the Pitt's going to, whoever runs out that tunnel on September 1st, when Pitt plays West Virginia and Heinz Field, that's going to be the team that, that, that takes you not only to an ACC championship, but to a national championship and the belief that they have in, in themselves. That's who this team is. And again, it's not just about a me thing. It's not, I'm going to do it. It's, they believe in each other. They support each other, and they even recognize, yes, you're competing against these guys. For example, Hoppe Baldonado, John Morgan, uh, Deslin Alexander, all these are guys who are looking to go to the NFL very soon. Alexander or Morgan could have left this past year. Uh, Hoppe could have left this year, but he, he wanted another year to show the world, hey, I can. Uh, this wasn't just a one-year thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be one of the best edge defenders in college football. And all of those guys are on the cusp of making their big move to jump to the NFL, but they're not afraid of promoting or talking about Dayon Hayes, who's coming right up behind him. And he's a guy who's going to legitimately take away their snaps, their snap counts. He's going to lower, lower their snap counts. He's going to lower their chances to get more opportunities to show scouts, hey, I can be the man if you draft me this next year in the NFL draft, If you can, and, and the chance to set their future straight. But they don't care about that. They care about the opportunities that they do get and making and taking advantage of those opportunities and then cheering on their, their teammates and their friends when they get their opportunities. Because to them, it's not about one opportunity. It's about everyone's opportunities. And that's the we, not me. And truly, when I listen to these guys talk, it's, it's, it's a big reason why I said Kalijah Kansi stayed. Brandon Hill stayed. I mean, Desmond Alexander staying. He was there. Was a chance he could have left, and he had every reason to. 
You could have said, well, you know, I was a captain this past year. A lot of my captain friends are gone. You know, we got all these we got these younger younger dudes who keep coming up because Charlie Partridge is the best defensive line coach in the country. I could go somewhere else. No, he stuck around because he wanted to be part of this. And the same thing goes for that running back room. I've talked about all all during the season and the offseason. You had three guys in Izzy, Vincent, and Rodney who could all ball right now. And then you get a guy in Daniel Carter blow up in the spring game. You got four running backs that you're excited to see this fall. And none of them are moving. None of them are saying, yeah, transfer portal, I'm out. Ah, this is, I don't want to, I want to I show everyone that I could be the number one. They believe in that. The offensive line believes in that. The wide receivers believe in that. And that's another reason I'm telling y'all, y'all think that just because you lost Jordan Addison, you're not going to have some serious receiving threats. Kanate Mumfield's coming for y'all. Jared Wayne is taking steps forward. I think Jalen Bradley's got a lot of high potential. Jalen Barton, I really, I really enjoy. There's, the, I, I like watching these guys work. If Jordan was there, they'd be the best receiver core in the country. If he's not there, I still think they're one of the best in the ACC. And if Keaton Slovis can be who I was watching on tape at USC with some steps taken up because he's had more time and experience, man, watch out. And again, I didn't even get to Gavin Barthol. All these guys believe in each other. When I see them, and it's not just it's not just at the facility that I see them. I see these guys out and about. I bumped into them. Or I'll see them at, like a, like one, at a charity thing. These guys believe in this stuff. And it's something to truly be proud of if you're a Pitt football fan. And it's another reason why I think when this season gets going, you're not going to see them looking around pointing fingers. You're going to see them pointing at themselves saying, I got to be better for us. Now, I will say this. Kenny Pickett was a major leader for that locker room. But this kind of culture, cultures like this that truly embody this, if Pitt takes a loss at some point next season early on or at any point, how do they bounce back from that loss? That'll show you in that moment. If they bounce back from it the way that they bounced back from that West, Western Michigan loss last year, who boy, it's going to be a sign to you that this is that was not just a one-off, but that you do are you are seeing the new version of the Pitt Panthers, which is why Heather Like and Pitt had to get Pat Narduzzi that extension throughout the rest of the decade. There's a lot of excitement, I'm telling y'all, to really believe in the we not me stuff. And when summer camp gets going, you're going to hear it a lot more then. And when you do, just remember, that means that whatever Pat Narduzzi's cooking is working. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I got my thoughts on something that Jeff Capel's doing with his recruiting that I think is actually interesting for the way he coaches. What's that? Find out right here on the H2B podcast right after this. I'm Chris Carter. Stay tuned. Here on the H2P Podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Continue to talk about your Pitt Panthers 
here on DKPittsburghSports.com's podcasting platform. Remember, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted all week long. Lots of great content coming to you. We're just here on the weekends talking about your Pitt Panthers. And I'm flipping to the basketball side. Like I said, we're going to talk about Jeff Capel and some recruiting. And what I think is a page turning for at least what is going to be at least the mission with this season. No, what I mean by that is I told y'all going into last season that this past season was not going to be about the wins and losses as much. It was going to be about how much Jeff Capel could get his guys to buy into his way of fighting, his way of you know, grinding on defense, understanding that oftentimes your confidence on defense and your 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 tenacity and your stick on defense can lead to your offensive success, and it all balances together. And I do think that he got that point across because, as bad as some people thought the season was getting, including myself at times, uh, it didn't collapse the way I thought that it could have. And I do think that people like John Hughley even like Jamari's Burton, who was a new transfer to the program. Maybe even William Jeffress. I thought those guys, the guys that are, that are sticking around, understood that and are excited about taking that, that next step forward. But I also think that Jeff knows, not only is this kind of the year that he needs to start making things going, but I think he knows, like, okay, you've got that part down. You have core guys that believe in defense first and fighting and rebounding and making sure that you're doing all those little things to to keep yourself competitive in a game. Because as I said before, with the last crew that came in and went out right before this this past season, the Xavier Johnsons, the Audis Tonys, I think I think part of their problem was there was nobody here at the, at, in, 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 at the pit basketball program to put those guys in check when they arrived. When Jeff Capel showed up, those guys showed up showed up with them, and there was no star on the team that could make the, that could say, "Hey, pipe it down, young guys." And when they became their team, it was their team, and no one could tell them nothing. And then when Justin Champagne came along, and they were like, "Wait, what?" And they they didn't they didn't go through deference to build them up to be leaders, so they didn't know how to do that for Justin, and that led to beefs that happened. But again, all that's in the past, and Jeff's trying to make sure he doesn't make that same mistake when he's recruiting talent to the program now. So I think 2021-2022, this past season that you saw, and if you were one of those many Pitt fans that kept saying hi to me as you were walking past the press box, you saw all that pain. But I think that pain was about a foundation that had to be laid. And now you're seeing some of the, the players that, that Jeff Capel's bringing in. They're scorers more than hustlers. Now, Pitt did have Greg Elliott, the potential transfer from Marquette, a uh, 6'3 guard. He's more of a hustle defender type of guy who can occasionally hit some, hit some good shots. But you're seeing the guys that they've brought in so far. Nelly Cummings, good point guard who can hit. Blake Hinson, a small forward slash winger guy who can, who can hit from mid-range. The Diaz twins. Lengthy, long shooters who can hit from outside. Fetty Federico, more of an inside guy who can do who, who can score from the paint, but long, lengthy, and can score there. You look at all these guys, they put the ball in the hoop. Scoring is now going to be a bigger thing for Pitt this season. And I think it I think a big again, Jeff had to fix some things that were broken after all the guys left in 2020. 
and let's be and let's make it clear, you know, it, it still hurt that they lost Femi Odakali and Ithiel Horton. Those were the two guys that of the guys, all the guys that left this past year. If those two guys had stayed, I think they would have been in a, a, a they they'd be in a much better spot. But the guys that they're bringing in to work with who they who they they've kept, I think you're going to see that uptick in scoring. And let me go over some numbers with you to help you understand how this could be much different. If you look at Pitt's shooting percentages, you know some of them don't make make it look like oh so terrible. You look at, for example, last year, of the guys who shot a good bit of three pointers. Muhammad Ugi was the best shooter at a thirty six point four percentage on three pointers. Now Ezi Akudo had the most of players who played more than you know twenty games, but he only shot forty eight times from uh from three pointers whereas Gee shot 218 Femi Okali was behind him with 300 with, with 33 percent uh on 90 on 91 attempts if your Horton would have been up there he had 37.9 percent but again he only played 13 games because of his unfortunate situation but again you look at those numbers and you and you're thinking okay maybe the percentages aren't terrible but it's also the number that they're taking if you watch basketball if you're a basketball fan or if, if you're just a, if you're just a pit basketball fan because you're a pit fan and you you love your you love your school you love your your alma mater I get it. But if you watch the NBA college basketball, that's just not how the game's being played anymore. You need to be able to hit from outside. You need to be able to put down high, you know, you need to make those those longer shots, those shots from outside. Those need to be higher percentage chances to get more points per possession. But you also need to take those shots to make those to, to get those. Now, when you look at how often pitch shot from three, it's ridiculous. It was way too low, but again, it's because Pitt didn't have the guys who were confident from doing for, for doing that. For example, Mohamedou Gee shot the most most shots per game of Pitt starters. Now, granted, uh, he shot three point seven point three point attempts per game on average. Uh, Ithiel Horton would have you know, would did average five oh, around five point oh seven uh, three point attempts per game, but. You know, he only played 13 games, so you average that against everyone else in the ACC who's playing 27, 30 games. That's not fair. But if you were to guess off the top of your head, shooting 3.7 three-pointers per game, where that would rank in the conference, that was the 32nd fewest attempts. And again, Gee was by far and above the person who had the most. No other Pit Panther last year shot more, no, shot enough to average three three-point attempts per game. What does that tell you? They didn't have the shooters. And if you're thinking, well, Chris, high volume doesn't mean high success. Well, if you're shooting more, that means they're it's because they're letting you. And if they're letting you, it's because they believe in you. It's because you're having success. And if you, look at the, if you do look at the numbers, the players that shot the most successfully from three-pointers, Brady Manick of North Carolina... Who hit uh, and Joseph Gerard the third, who from from Syracuse, both who hit from forty point three percent. Alamir Dawes of Clemson, Terquavion Smith from from North Carolina State, and Buddy Bayon from Syracuse. All those guys averaged over six three point attempts per game. Some of them over eight three point attempts per game, and all of them over 30 over 33 percent some of those over 40 percent some of those guys over 30 over 36 percent if 
if Jeff Capel can get just a guy to get in that conversation, let alone two guys who could be hoisted, who, who could be good enough of a shooter to be worth hoisting up six to eight three-point attempts per game and be a player that has a success rate enough. Again, you don't need 50%, but 35%, 36% from deep to the point where defense is like, we can't let him shoot that. We have to go challenge that. And when we challenge that, Pitt can, Pitt can slip inside, attack more with John Hughley, get guys like Fede Federico the ball inside. Jamari Burton can drive inside because that's where his shooting success comes from. It opens up so many other things. And I think, and it's not that Jeff Capel never got this before because he he's, he's a very smart man. He knows basketball. He's been studying the game his whole life. I'm not saying like something clicked for him, but I'm saying that the things that he needed to do last year were achieved. At least in the sense of establishing that foundation to get the defensive part of the game for pit basketball there. Now, I mean, like, the you know, winning more games, keeping guys around, those parts were sure won't achieve, but sure, but the transfer portal, we all know that this is just a different era of college sports. But now I think he feels like he has the foundation in place the tools in place to say, hey, we can go get these guys. They'll learn to be part of the program. They'll have, there will be a, a le- lessons in deference and learning how to be the underclassman who works with the upperclassmen who have been there and know how to play tough physical HCC basketball or, you know, competitive ACC basketball and what that, what that's like going into impose, opposing environments. And then when they're ready, when they're ready to turn into upperclassmen, then they can do it for the new guys that Jeff comes in and then it all starts rolling. But I think a big part of this is getting those guys who can score. Put the ball through the hoop. Not just defend. And you do need guys who defend. I'm not saying that they that, that Jeff needs to abandon getting those guys. But if he has a, just a couple of those guys, and maybe the Diaz twins are part of that answer. Maybe they are the complete answer if both of them can do it. But if Nellie Cummins can, can, can do that, if Blake Hinson can be part of that with his mid-range jumper, If maybe there's another recruit here coming in the portal or in high school can be part of that. That can be huge. If Nate Santos's shot can pick up. I know that there's a lot of hopelessness for a lot of pit basketball fans because you're sitting there thinking about the good old days of the Pete when it first opened and how many winning seasons you had in a row. But I'm telling you, I think there's something coming down the pipes, pipelines for y'all and it could be something really good sooner rather than later, that makes hanging out at the Pete, going to games there, a lot more fun. And that you're going to see some Pitt Panthers teams put up some points in the ACC and do a few different things than what you've seen over the past couple seasons. But we certainly will see. We've got a long time to go. It's the middle of the offseason, and there's three scholarship spots left. So we'll see what Jeff Capel does with them. I'm Chris Carter here on the H2P Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for always tuning into the H2P Podcast. We know there's a lot of Pitt fans out there that do enjoy this show. Thank you so much. Let me know how you feel about it. At Carter Critiques on Twitter and Instagram. Appreciate everyone who checks out the show and all the shows here at DKPittsburghSports.com and our podcasting platform that you can download on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and uh, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Thanks again for checking us out. Stay tuned. There's a lot of great content this week. Pens play tonight, baby. Or today. You know, NHL hockey, hockey times confuse me, but you know what I'm saying. They're playing the Rangers. It's Game Seven. All the great coverage will be there. We got we got all of our hockey team 
on the road ready to cover it in New York. So uh, if you're a Pens fan, you don't want to miss all our great coverage of that. Hopefully we'll get to, we'll be able to talk next week more about your Pittsburgh Penguins. Tune into the final word. Also, afterwards on Channel 11 WPXI, I'll be on the panel. So that's going to be a fun one, too. Thanks again for checking us out here. I'm Chris Carter at Carter Critiques on Twitter and Instagram. And appreciate y'all so much. We hope you have a great Sunday, a great weekend. And H2P.